There's plenty to worry about in the world right now. Allow us to be your escape. You're in the zone with Brandon Kravitz, your audio vacation. Welcome back to the show. Happy to have you along for the ride. It is time now for our In the Zone Player of the Night. Justin Herbert reminding everyone that, yes, he is mega elite. It over the cast and the rap. Now Bluffless. But he's got Eckler. And Eckler's got the sideline. And Eckler got a touchdown. Putting Johnston in motion. Herbert trying to keep the hot hand. Throws and he's got it for a touchdown to Sumi Fayoko. The third empty backfield for Herbert. He lifts throws complete partner. Breaks a tackle. To the goal line, he's in. Touchdown, Chargers. Justin Herbert completed 31 of his 40 attempts, 285 yards, and three touchdowns in a flawless game on Sunday Night Football. There are about 100 players that I could have given this award to, but I defaulted to the guy who played last night. So congrats to Justin Herbert keeping the Chargers season alive. He is our In the Zone Player of the Night, presented by Hourglass Brewing. Stop by, say hi, grab yourself a delicious local brew. Hourglass Brewing with two locations, one in Longwood and the other on Curry Ford. Hourglassbrewing.com if you want to keep up with the latest on their menu and be listening to us here on In the Zone for a special Hourglass Brewing announcement coming soon. I hate to say I told you so. I get no pleasure from this whatsoever, but UCF favored by seven points in a Big 12 game was ridiculous. West Virginia got in the end zone early, 7-0 start, never looked back. UCF was in it, but it it never felt like they were in control. Too many turnovers, too many penalties, and again, their run defense is a mess. That's my takeaway from it. This program cannot get out of this season fast enough. This is just, it is first year blues. I mean, I'm not going to say give them like an easy out and an excuse here, but they are taking a step up in weight class. It's a major wake up call for fans when they've been talking trash for a decade. And this program, as most are, not ready for it. Cincinnati's not ready for it. This weekend's going to be interesting between those two schools. Um, this is just what this year is, and you got to take your lumps. But, Tyler, you were there for it. You experienced it. You tell me what happened through your eyes. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of the same old, same old that we've seen this season. Uh, the UCF defense just couldn't really keep up with West Virginia. West Virginia's offense. Offensively, JRP, definitely not the his best game of the season. He ends up getting past, uh, creeping up with 275 passing yards added another 50 or so on the ground, but just at every level, UCF was outmanned, outmatched. It's the same story. Attendance-wise, attendance was good in the first half. Second half, I think it was better than what it was a couple of weeks ago, and everything that we talked about with the importance of this game, not only on the field, but off the field. And then, really, it was, what was it, the third or fourth quarter, West Virginia scored. I think it was the one that put them up 38-21 to after a UCF three-and-out punt. And it just felt deflating from there. UCF ends up getting the garbage time cut touchdown, but 
This game was never close. I sat right next to the West Virginia section. I had West Virginia fans uh, staying at my apartment this weekend, which wasn't uh, an enjoyable experience. And it's just, yeah, UCF can't get to their bye week fast enough. And what I mean by that is they can't get out of this season and out of the inaugural Big 12 season fast enough. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough spot for them to be in, and it's not an excuse. It's a reality. The truth is, I I don't know what this program is really supposed to do about it. How are you supposed to correct these problems outside of just go out and recruit better, build better depth, which they're already doing? So I know I have been very... Um, anti-Gus on this show. I'm not a Gus Malzahn guy. I don't think he's the answer for the future. I also don't think he deserves to be fired. So, um, like, what else are you supposed to do in this situation where you don't have the bodies to compete with these teams? And it's not UCF's fault that um, if you're looking at it through the lens that I look through things, that the odds makers continue to overvalue this team. UCF is is a first-year Big 12 program that doesn't have Big 12 bodies. I think Gus Malzahn's done a nice job in the recruiting trail. It feels very similar to what Florida's dealing with with Billy Napier. That team isn't there. They're not ready to compete against the best of the SEC, but it does seem like he's mopping up and recruiting, so you kind of want to go, okay, maybe he's not a great coach, but can we see what happens when he gets his guys in? Because it looks like he's recruiting well. well. The grades are there. And Gus Malzahn, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, with with Gus, and as far as recruits, obviously, yes, the next two classes that UCF has coming up are the highest-rated classes that we've seen in UCF history. Don't get it wrong, though. Gus has his guys there as well. He might not have the guys that he's going to have. You know, again, these next two classes are loaded. But here's the thing, and one big difference about UCF compared to UF is I am legitimately concerned these classes being highly rated for UCF coming up don't mean a dang thing if you have 60 recruits at the game on Saturday. None of the, I mean, what, what was good positive about that game on Saturday? On the field, it wasn't great. Off the field, it's when these kids are going to a UCF and then going elsewhere, and even in the state of Florida, if they're an FSU or UF recruit, there's just not a ton of positive energy with UCF right now. And until those kids put pen to paper... And day one on campus, you can have recruits, you can have commits, and they can get out of it just as fast as they got in. So that's where I don't know what's wrong with this team right now. I know that they need new blood, whether that's coaching, whether that's players on the field. It's probably more players on the field than it is coaching. Some like, it, New blood needs to happen. And, I mean, you need to put forth some kind of fight and positive energy to keep these kids. And I hate that's where I'm, that's where I'm saying it, but... At UF, you know that what you're getting with the Swamp week in and week out. UCF with the bounce house, you know what you're getting first quarter kickoff. And then outside of that, it's where does the energy go? Because I, per- I felt deflated, and I know a lot of people in the bounce house felt yeah. deflated, including players and people on the sideline. For sure, and they've got they've got some work to do there. Your afternoon drive just got a little better. Now back to In the Zone with Brandon Kravitz. <laughs>
Welcome back to In the Zone live from Exploria Stadium as we get set for Orlando City's venture into the MLS postseason tonight. Got a text here at 50857. Can you please allow call-ins, especially when you're talking about UCF? You are downright infuriating and have no clue what you're talking about. So we did exactly that. Rob is on the line to tell me how clueless I am. Rob, what is on your mind? Brandon, how are you? Uh, I, I'm doing great. I'm sitting out here with a beautiful pitch uh, in front of me, and the uh, sun is shining, and I can't wait to hear what an idiot I am. No, not an idiot at all. Um, and I'm anxious to see the game tonight as well. But uh, from a UCF standpoint, uh, season ticket holder, alumni, I've been uh, going to games for a long time. Uh, tend to agree with you uh, about the energy in the stadium. Um, you know, obviously, you can, you're not going to win too many games with four turnovers, but uh, we're getting controlled on the line of scrimmage, and I know that's going to improve with recruiting as we go through time. But I guess my biggest question is, I, I'm not sure what Malzahn's done to earn a contract extension. I'm sure he's won some games. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me pause you. Can I pause you right there, Rob? I don't mean to cut you off. I want to hear the rest of your opinion. I'm not going to have you put words in my mouth. I never said that I would give Gus Malzahn an extension. Gus Malzahn, his contract was updated in July. The report came out recently. They made it seem like it just happened. I'm sure that you know that. Um, that was strictly to keep up with the Joneses and pay him like a Big 12 coach. It's more of an optics thing than it is a deserving thing. It's frustrating for college football fans. You go, why would you give this guy a raise when he hasn't earned it yet? I just don't think that he's warranted getting fired. That's all. I think it'll happen eventually, but I don't think that I don't think that he's. Uh, that's my only point on Gus. Is and I can't believe I'm the pro Gus guy in this conversation. <laughs> I just don't think he deserves to get fired yet. Uh, and, and I don't believe he deserves to get fired, but I, you know, and I understand the optics and, you know, in order to get recruits, you have to show, hey, the coaches, we signed the coach or extended the coach for a long time. But, you know, you just, you sit in the stand, you scratch your head. And, and, and I don't know if he's, he's given Darren Henshaw complete 100% control of the offense. You know, you go from, you know, calling the plays, you're bringing in a new OC, and then, you know, the offense looks the same. You know, not necessarily better. And, you know, obviously injuries have been a part of this year. And, you know, you have to try to get through those. But but we're just getting dominated. And, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And, and that hasn't changed since he's been there. And Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> That's the reason I was on West Virginia this weekend. UCF has so not proven that they can keep up in the Big 12. Right, right. And, and I guess that, that's my biggest point is, you know, you have to have energy in the stadium. You're bringing recruits in. And I think the biggest celebration we had uh, on Saturday afternoon was when Shaq, you know, gave $5,000 to the <laughs> kids to try to catch a fourth football, you know. Uh, the rest of the game was, was frustrating, to say the least. But that's all I had. I just was, you know, trying to get it in. It's, you know, I just, you know, it's frustrating for everybody. I, I know it's a long-term, long-term plan. This is season number one. We didn't expect to win 10 games, but we didn't expect to lose like, like we're losing some of these. But, that's all I got. I yeah, absolutely. That. Rob, thank you. I appreciate it, Rob. I appreciate the call. We don't take a lot. We should take more, to be honest, because I like hearing from you guys. And um, 
I understand the frustration. You have every right to be frustrated. And anybody that's telling you that you shouldn't be is, uh, I don't know, pulling the wool over your eyes. UCF has not been um, delivering to their fans the way that people expected. It dampens the excitement of being in one of these Power 5 conferences. You hope that it gets better in the future and that it's just uh, you don't have the bodies. I think you'll find out next year. If the same thing is happening next season, then we, we can all be skeptics of Gus Malzahn, and I think that's the proper take right now. I am, but I don't think he should lose his job. I'm going to give this guy a chance to prove it to us. Um, yeah. And I think that UCF fans should as well. Um, and then next season, if it's the same result, bye. Next coach, please. So is next year the deadline for it, BK? Yeah. In your head? Absolutely. Here's, Without a doubt. By the middle of next year, we'll have it figured out. Well, here's my thing and my argument for Malzahn. And it all depends on what you want in your head coach. For the most people, and including myself, you want the X's and O's. You want someone that is going to be able to coach your team to win. But I think the biggest impact that Malzahn has had is getting those recruits to the game. Getting the next two, the next two uh, recruiting classes and how highly graded they are. That is the Big 12 happening, and the Big 12 is happening in large part. I give Malzahn a ton of credit, him and Terry Mahajer, and that's just based on the attitude, the energy that they have, and the foundation that was built before them. I think those guys were the ones that really pushed UCF there. So, I mean, we talked about getting Malzahn a chance with his guys. His guys are going to be freshmen next year. If we're considering those the first batch of Malzahn's group, that's where you need. If you if you're okay with Malzahn now, I think you need to let it ride all the way through that. Uh, extension all the way through 2027. Give him the four years, and <laughs> I mean that because that's what if it's if it's new players we need. Then I mean I guess we we need to give Malzahn the chance with his guys, right? Uh, I don't know if I can get on board with that. 407-916-8255. If you want your voice heard live on the air, uh, we'd love to chat with you about it. 407-916-8255. We've got more in the zone coming your way right after this.